0: And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick.
1: Hour number two of the show, JT, here in Vegas, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, brought to you by Sam and Ash Law. SalmonashLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. If you get into an accident, get safe, get to the side of the road, then call Salmonash. Don't talk to any insurance adjuster, anybody else. Just wait for Salmonash. They have your back, 702-820-1234, SalmonashLaw.com. We're unpacking this loss to the Chicago Bears yesterday to Alleg- Legion Stadium, 20-9, to where the Raiders were dominated. They just flat out did not come to play. They didn't play well in all phases of the game. John Gruden will get to in a little bit. His press conference starts now. They package it a little bit differently now with our buddy Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5, Eric Allen. Uh, my partner on Sundays will get to that as that queues up here in a few moments here. And we'll figure out what the Raiders need to do to turn the season around. After a 3-0 and start, they've lost two in a row. They're 3-2 and as they head into Denver. On Sunday, it was a big weekend for the Chargers as the Chargers won and everybody else lost in the AFC West, the Raiders, the Broncos, and Kansas City. Uh, Some of the promising notes in that division for the Raiders when they turn it around is that Kansas City has the worst defense in football, the worst. They are awful. They're giving up touchdown drives 41.7% of the time. No other team is over 33%. The Raiders played them twice. Now, Kansas City's a good team because of their explosive offense, but they're not right. And the Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning in his prime isn't going to be playing at mile high. John Elway from 30 years ago is not going to be playing in his prime. The Raiders have to feel that they can stop or slow down Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, depending on the health of these quarterbacks. They have to, and they got to get healthy. It's another big week for the Raiders to be healthy, practice, don't miss practice because you're not healthy, limited, non-active, let's get this team back on the practice field. I think we all agree they need practice. They don't need guys who aren't going to practice and then show up to play in the game without any practice because they're not 100% and you want to make sure they're 100% for the game. A few players i do that with. Josh Jacobs is one of them. Darren Waller. But the rest of this team needs to get their chemistry back. they got to find a way to get their chemistry going again so they're ready to roll phones are there we'll get to everybody I think it's important we get out to John Gruden as he addresses the media at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center here's the coach
0: with a back injury of some kind I don't have any official update at this point Um, it's tough loss for us yesterday but I'll be happy to answer any questions that I can
2: you mentioned the offensive line being still a work in
3: progress. Uh, Is there any word on Richie when he might be able to come back and if he's going to be able to provide any help anytime soon?
0: He's getting better. That's the good news for uh, fans out there of the Raiders. He's getting better. Uh, I think, to be realistic, it'll probably be the game right after the bye. I think that's the game that we'll target, and um, hopefully that's the case.
4: Yeah, I know you've issued apologies already, but you know whether it's through conversations that you've had with others or, you know, your own reflection, what have you kind of learned just from the reaction to the email and just seeing how words can affect others?
0: Yeah, I, I've learned a lot. And again, I'm not going to rehash uh, the event again. I think um, I feel very good about um, uh, the things I have learned. I also feel really good about what I stand for, as I said yesterday. And uh, I'll be happy to talk about football, but Um, I'll just leave it at that.
4: John, you want to be a power running team and I'm curious with the youth and all of the injuries, does this Raider team as it is right now have that ability?
0: Well, right now we're finding our identity and uh, we haven't found it yet. Uh, We've had some spurts where we've been pretty good running the ball. We've had some instances where we haven't. It's been inconsistent. I do know this, our hand placement uh, has to be corrected. Our pad level can continue to improve. Our combinations up front, we got to get better. But we're dealing with a lot of new players on a short week, and hopefully, on the practice field, we can make some real advances there. But it's got to get better. Um, we got a long way to go.
4: As much as people talk about the offensive line, can it, is it overstated that one person like needed could make that big of a difference, whether with his veteran leadership or just that he's a really good
2: player?
0: Well, he's not only a really good player; he's a great leader, a great communicator. He's seen stunts and twists. A lot of these guys are really getting their baptism in the National Football League. And uh, Alex Leatherwood got a real baptism yesterday on short notice. Um, So it's going to be painful at times. we got to play better. We will play better. But Richie's one of the premier guards in football. And not only that, he's a guy that was selected captain. Our guys look up to him. And he brings a sense of grit and toughness that uh, every team likes. So uh, hopefully we'll get him back soon. And in the meantime, it'll be a great opportunity for Simpson, a great opportunity for Leatherwood to continue to improve their skills.
4: After watching uh, the film last night, do you think Leatherwood stays at guard? Or you might move him back to tackle or what do you-
0: I think so. I think we're going to stay status quo. And, um, you know, it wasn't all bad yesterday. We had some opportunities to make plays. We had a touchdown call back. We had a big uh, opportunity down the field. We didn't come up with the play. Bears are a pretty good, formidable front. Uh, but we're going to stay status quo, I believe, uh, this week and see if we can um, continue to get some continuity going. John, what went into that decision to move Alex from right tackle to put him inside? Simply to get the best five guys that we feel are ready uh, on the field. You know, J- uh, Illuminor did some good things for us, but he just got here. And he played a lot of right tackle last year for the Patriots. Um, so Parker is probably our most experienced lineman, he and Colton Miller. But to get him out there on that right side with Colton gives us two guys that have started a lot of games. And we think Leatherwood is one of the best five guys without a doubt on this offensive line that we have at this point. So uh, we shuffled it up and um, didn't work out perfectly yesterday, but it wasn't uh, all bad. How did he react to the move? Good. I'm not going to speak for him. He might not speak for himself. He doesn't say much. but. Um, He's a team guy. You know, he just wants to win, and he wants to earn his respect. He's got everything you're looking for, and uh, we just need to continue to support him and, and build our offense around him.
2: John, uh, Amik's kind of got thrown into the fire, uh, but it seems like he's responded
0: pretty well. He has. You know, he has. We had a couple uh, blitzes that we didn't communicate properly, but uh, in the two games that he's played against really good receivers, he's done a lot of good things. Really proud of him. He stepped up and... Um, we're going to need him to continue to do that as we head to Denver this week.
4: I know Derek Carrier was only playing about 10 to 12 snaps on offense, but watching the game last night again, it seemed like Foster had a, some issues in protection. with those snaps maybe that Carrier would have had normally that Foster has asked to be more pleasant? You
0: know, I think the one issue we had with Foster in, in pass protection, he's, he's set too far inside. I think he stepped on Brandon Parker, and when you lose two. Of your protectors against Khalil Mack and the Bears, nothing good is going to happen. So I think we had a, a poor pass set there. But Foster is a really good protector, and um, he's proven it. He just has to improve his sets. And as I'm going to tell the team today, it's all about precision. You know, it's about precision. We got to be more precise in the details of what we're doing in terms of execution in all three phases.
4: You got an early read on Denver.
0: Yeah, just watching them, uh, you know, Purnell's a big nose. Uh, they got a guy named Von Miller who uh, we missed last year in both outings because of the injury, but he can still long arm you. He's got one of the better long arms of all time. He can really extend that arm and get it in on you. He's he's a force. Um, you know, Chubb is not playing, but Reed is a capable rusher on the other side, and they have an excellent secondary, I'll say that. You know, I think uh, the two safeties, Kareem Jackson and Simmons, they can do a lot of things coverage-wise that most safeties can't. And certain uh, is the real deal. And they made a good trade with the Bears to get Fuller. And Bryce Callahan knows Fangio's defense extremely well. So there'll be a handful. And um, we got to get ready for them.
4: Is there anything specific you can address as far as the slow starts now with five games maybe some things that you are specifically can see not just we got to get better
0: well we had a beautiful drive really with the second drive Uh, we we took it right down the field and scored a touchdown I think we had seven holding calls though on the same play Um, so we can't hold we got to keep our hands inside and we finish a beautiful drive and maybe we have a different conversation about our starts the second possession third possession was a good drive we didn't convert on third and one. We didn't convert on fourth and one. And that goes back on us. We've got to give our players a better plan uh, in short yardage. And we've got to be better as a short yardage rushing football team. And uh, if we have to throw it in those situations, by God, we'll have to do that too. Gosh, do you believe it's uh, more of a priority to get King and Drake a little more involved in the offense? No, no. I, uh, I'd like to. I'd like to get everybody involved. You know, we want to get Jacobs involved right now. I think it all starts there. we got to get the running game going. And, um... You know, There's never enough balls to get around to everybody. We want to get Rugs, We want to get Edwards going. We want to get Hunter Renfro his turn, certainly. But uh, there'll be a time and a place for Drake. And we're having Jalen Richard come back, too. He needs to get the ball here and there. So um, it's a good problem to have. Do you think
4: there's a, a similar mindset with you and the Broncos, having started 3-0, lost two in a row, kind of you know, looking for a win to, to avoid going back
0: to 3-3? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, I can't speak for them. I know they're a good football team, got a lot of respect for him. We've had some real tight football games against him over the years, at least since I've been back here, and it's a tough place to play. Um, we both got to get on track, and I think that's obvious.
1: Can you update John on
0: uh, Marcus Mariota? He's been on IR now for
1: three three games.
0: You know, I think he's going to return this week, and uh, I can't make an official announcement whether we will activate him or not. We'll probably see how that goes on the practice field Wednesday and Thursday, but He's in all the meetings. He says he feels uh, very good. Uh, So let's see where it is on Wednesday and Thursday when he cuts it loose. But we're optimistic he has a chance to play, if not this week, next week. Seems like he would help out on those fourth and shorts. He might. He might. I I don't know, but it's a thought. Thank you. (laughs) Seem like there were a few plays where
4: Derek and Edwards were out on the same page. Is that the case in that last fourth and five? What happened on that
0: last? Well, five? the last fourth and five, we uh, we had them. You know, I think uh, we got some congestion back there in the pocket, and, and Derek Derek just missed them. You could argue that Edwards got grabbed a little bit on that route, and the timing was off because of that. But we had a chance for a big chunk there to get back in the game. Unfortunately. Uh, we didn't make that hookup. We did have a terrible miscommunication on the second possession in the red zone, and um, that's been addressed, and don't uh, foresee that happening anytime soon. But uh, we had a couple mis mishaps yesterday, which are very, very uncommon. We haven't had that.
1: All right, so that's John Gruden. We'll have more portions of that coming up. You'll hear it with Q and Vinny Your a portion of the press conference. As they're trying to fix these miscommunications, which I'm surprised by, considering the quality of that staff, the quarterback and the players that have been there, they're having communication problems. I think some of it's up front with that line and, you know, the communication with the quarterback and some of the receivers and what they gotta fix going forward. And they have a regular week here. We two out of the four weeks were short weeks, which is a big deal in the NFL. Now there's no short weeks. It's time to get things going. Time to get things going now. And John Gruden addressed the email situation again. Touched on it again, but would want to move on from that. That seems to be what we're hearing from John Gruden is he addressed it and he's moving on from it until either he has to comment on it again or he wants to put it behind him. Let's keep going and catch up on the phones. Kyle in West Virginia. Thanks for waiting. You're up next. What's happening? Hi,
4: JT. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Very depressing Monday. I thought Mm -hmm. this was a different... I, I, I think it is a different team. I really do. We had a heartbreaker in L.A., I thought we would bounce back, but I was nervous for this game. Many different reasons why. Um, we just didn't play good enough. We didn't execute enough. I was very outspoken yesterday um, to everybody that would listen to me. My pet and my dad, we watch the game all the time together. It's just, I mean, it's really heartbreaking. Um, but at the end of the day, we're 3-2. It's not a great 3-2 and two because we started out so good and we lost to Winnable, in my opinion. I think the Chargers are good, but I we lost winnable games. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm still happy to be sitting here 3-2. and two. If you would have told me we could be 3-2 and two at the beginning of the season, I would have probably taken it. Um, next thing, Derek Carr, I've been very critical of him in the past, um, but he's been playing, in my opinion, really good this year. He, yesterday and last week, he's running for his life. People that want to, say, benching, you know, things like that, start Mariota. first thing is Mariota's on the IR. He can't stay healthy. I don't want to see Pierman in there. Derek Carr, in my opinion, is a franchise quarterback. He probably will get paid this upcoming off season, and he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I would not want to be the quarterback running for my life every every second. And and the thing about it is he he's getting better with scrambling. He made a great play, and he could have hit he hit Edwards for what could have been a sixty yard game game, but it just you know Edwards dropped it. It happened.
1: Yeah, it popped out. Yep. But,
4: Yep, and there was a lot of drops yesterday. Waller had a couple. Edwards had the touchdown that was dropped when uh, we were down there on the second position. Um, I mean, things like that, that was a tough catch with Edwards in the um, end zone, but I thought he could have possibly had it. It, it, We missed a lot yesterday. The score was a lot closer than what it should have been because we played a bad Bears offense. With that being said, they still won. I just had a question because, obviously, I'm in West Virginia. I, I watched the game. But it looked like i it looked like a lot of orange in the stadium.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I think I don't want to say you know we're selling tickets and stuff. I know that's what's going on, but I mean, we need Raider Nation to show up to these home games more if you can't make it, please give them to your family members at Raider fans. do whatever you gotta yeah. do. just we need more Raider fans in the stadium at home games. we travel well Denver, I'm nervous about denver um I mean. Teddy Bridgewater really hasn't turned the ball over this year, from what I've seen. He's very shaky, though. He, he he's either he's playing well because his defense is playing well. That's why mm-hmm. they got they got off to a 0 start because they haven't played anybody. Let's be honest. Now they're playing decent teams and they're losing. So we need this game in Denver. There's no excuses. We need to absolutely. Win this. Appreciate and then my the call, my friend. Was, Go ahead. What's your last one? My last thing, JT. I, I don't I I don't know Gruden personally. I have people that have met him before. Everybody said he's a class act of a guy. People make mistakes. It was a bad judgment call, but hopefully we can all move past this. We are in 2021, and things have been really bad for a lot of mm-hmm. different people, and I feel bad for that. But I just want to send you know, let's just try to move past this, and let's not give up on each other. That's all, and I hope you all yeah, appreciate
1: a great day. the call. You know, some people are going to move past Coach Gruden's emails, and others aren't. You know, that's just the society we live in today. A lot of people uh, get upset, and a lot of people want to move on. And I am not here to be psychotherapy for everybody. If, you've, if you're offended by it, I understand why you're offended. If you're not offended and you want to move on, I get it. I, I'm just running a fast-paced talk show. There's going to be there's so many people that have different opinions when it comes to comments that are taken out of context or comments that are offensive, comments in between that could be offensive, but were made in jest, some that were made to try to be funny with a friend, other ones that should be taken more seriously. Everybody's all over the place on this. Coach Gruden has apologized many times for these remarks, and hopefully he's able to move on from it, and fans are, and some fans aren't. That's just the way it's going to be. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. And one last thing on the Bears fans. Yeah, the Bears fans want to come. Philly wants to come, so what Philly'll do is what the Bears will do. They'll look at tickets that are 150 to 200 bucks, and they'll pay 600 for them. And a Raider fan's gonna look and go, man, you know, I, I can, I, I don't have to go. Yeah, I'll sell those two tickets and then pay the fees, and I'll net 500 bucks, and I'll sell my tickets. And that's gonna continue to happen, and fans are gonna do it. Other fans are gonna go to every game and never sell their tickets. If people, this is a tough time. We're coming off COVID. People need money. People committed to these tickets. I hope everybody holds their tickets, doesn't sell them and goes, or gives them to other Raider fans. And people are keeping an eye on this. Mark my words. People are looking at this closely. I was there when the Knights had to do that and step in with the Golden Knights when this was happening here at T-Mobile. And there was four or 4,500 fans from Edmonton, Philadelphia, Boston. It's Vegas, and this is going to happen in Vegas. It it happens in Vegas because... We're a tourist town, and people will spend extra money once they get here for entertainment. That goes for restaurant reservations, concert tickets, pool parties, $700 bottles of vodka that cost $18 when you go to the grocery store to buy it. People bring a little bit extra money when they come here, and money doesn't get in the way. Fargo Raider, up next on the flagship. Go ahead.
5: Hey, thank you you for taking
1: my call, J.T. Thank Uh, you. I wanted to...
5: Uh, speak on the first caller, I'm going to say that he doesn't speak for all of us. I, I'm 30 years old, and I haven't seen good football from my Raiders the one season as well, and I remember the quarterback roulette. I'm not ready to go back to that. I'm not ready to go back to 0-10 or 2-14. and 14. I'm not ready for that. I'm willing to stick with this team and let them improve. That being said, I, I called last week to touch on that I formation. I know that we're not going to get 20, 30-yard runs. We're not going to be the the darlings of the league running the ball. But we'll, we can get those short yard, yardages. Uh, on that play, That uh, it looks like uh, the center, James, and, and uh, Leatherwood blocked each other. We did that same little motion deal where uh, Ruggs comes in on the motion, and then we run out of the single back set into a wall of defenders. If we'd have had Ingold there on the I formation, he at least picks up the guy that initially hit Jacobs and he can spring out to at least pick up that first down. That's the big point of it. Gurden's not going to stop running the ball, but we need to find a way to do it. And, I mean, I'm, I'm going to reiterate that. I'm not going to subscribe the, to the ideal that we need to blow this team up already. People need to remember where we were before this. I'm not ready to go back to that. It hurts uh-huh. me and it pains me to lose these games. I'm passionate. I love my team. I buy the jerseys. I've gone to the games. Sure. When I went to the home opener, I paid seventeen fifty for my ticket. And I bought found better tickets, and I gave my ticket to a Raider fan so I knew that somebody in silver and black would be in that seat cheering on our team. So I don't want to hear that they're trying to make money. I'd rather lose money and watch somebody have the time of their life and join the team that we both love.
1: Nicely said. Appreciate the call. It'd be nice if everybody did that. Again, there was a lot of Bears fans yesterday. They came. They were happy to be there, win or lose. They were happy to be there and enjoy Las Vegas, and they were blown away, blown away by our stadium, blown away by it, and loved the whole experience there. If they would have went home with a loss, they still would have loved their trip to Vegas and Allegiant Stadium. It's a shame that the Raiders sent the Bears fans home with a victory. It's a shame. That was a winnable game. That was a game that the Raiders should win of their 17 games this year. It's a blown opportunity. Hopefully it doesn't come back to haunt them. That's a game they're going to need to make the playoffs, and they blew it. They had nothing. They weren't good. They weren't sharp. They got dominated, and that's a concern because they played their worst game they've played in a long time, and they quickly got to turn it around. I want to tell you about our friends at AnyTiresPlus.com. AnyTiresPlus, 350 North Boulder Highway. Everybody needs new tires. Have you looked at your tires lately? Again, my wife, my sons, I want them driving as safe as possible. Conveniently located off the corner of Lake Mead and Boulder Highway. Why pay $20 or $30 for a smog inspection where there you pay only $5.95 at Any Tires Plus? Right now, get $50 off any new set of four tires at Any Tires Plus. And again, complimentary road hazard protection for 24 months with the purchase of any new complete set of tires, Any Tires Plus. My good friend Frank from Henderson Hyundai Superstore also owns this company. They are proud partners of our show. To receive any of these great offers at Any Tires Plus, just mentioned JT the Brick sent you. They will give you an incredible deal. Any Tires Plus at 350 North Boulder Highway, right at the corner of Lake Mead and Boulder Highway. When we come back, I went to arguably the best fight of my life on Saturday night. Fury Wilder was epic. The man who put on the fight, Bob Arum, will join us next. Just got back to me, and he's ready to go. I I cannot stop talking about this fight. It was brilliant. Fury beats Wilder in an epic, epic trilogy. Bob Arum, who's been a part of some of the greatest fights of all time, will sum it up next on Raider Nation Radio.
0: Uncharacteristic, for sure. Um, we had a few moments there that uh, you know weren't like some of our, some of us, um, but we all did. You know, we all we all. It's football, man. It's professional football against a really good team. It, you know, um, that stuff happens. You don't want it to happen. You don't plan on it to happen. You set your mind and you go out there to prepare. Um, but it did, and uh, it hurts. It's tough. And we left a lot of big plays out there. Um, big plays that could have changed the outcome of the game, and that 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 hurts. Uh, but we got to keep going.
1: Derek Carr, JT, back with you. Bob Aram coming up shortly, brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence as you raise your cocktail game. I'll be at the Remy Martin Bar inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Uh, that is coming up. I'll be there Sunday for the Denver Bronco game, which will be a big deal. Tonight I'm at Doghouse right there, there inside a Resorts World for Monday Night Football. Tonight's raffle will be an authentic Raiders jersey. You get a raffle ticket when you come on in. Come on in, sit down, and have a great experience at Doghouse inside Resorts World. Come find me there tonight. Again, the fight was absolutely incredible. I think it stands up. It's not, I'll ask Bob when he comes on. I think it stands up with the thrill in Manila and some of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. That's how great that fight is as a legacy play. It delivered. You might not have thought it going into the fight or buying the pay-per-view until after. It was truly a brilliant night of boxing. 702-365-9200. Alex in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Alex.
3: How are you doing?
2: Uh, Good, thanks. Thoughts about the game yesterday and moving forward. I still think this offense is very much a rhythm offense. I think the last two weeks, teams have dictated tempo to the Raiders, no doubt about it. Um, I think Derek Carr is still, and I've, I've pounded this drum for a while. He is excellent out of the no huddle. I would love to see them run no huddle. Try to dictate some tempo, speed it up. Don't know how feasible it is with the offensive line, but max protect, get rid of the ball in two seconds, dictate the tempo, put the other team back on their heels.
3: Another point. I know they're not a big screen team. I would love to see them incorporate
1: some
2: screens, especially when the defense
3: pins their ears back.
2: Last point, it's not illegal. It's not against the law for our defense to get a turnover here and there. Your
1: thoughts? Got it, my friend. I got a guest. I'll make my comments afterwards. One of the greatest promoters of all time, coming off an incredible promotion, which I was at Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena. Fury, Wilder 3, Bob Arum joins us. Bob, I got to say, we go back a long way. I've been to a lot of fights. It's one of the greatest fights I've ever been to, on top of it being the heavyweights. Now that you've had time to think about it, put this fight in perspective as a legacy play all-time for the heavyweights.
2: It's one of the great fights, obviously. I mean, if this was a movie, if if, if Saturday night was a movie, uh, nobody, you know, boxing people would have laughed about it that this couldn't happen, that these big guys couldn't knock each other down so many times and uh, continue fighting. It was a test of courage for both guys, and uh, uh, in my opinion, obviously, the better man won.
1: I would agree. I think he's just better in this trilogy. He's the better boxer. And I don't want to say he always has Wilder's number because Wilder put him down twice. What were you thinking ringside when Fury went down twice? He was able to get up. But I I thought he was hurt, especially the second time. How did you see it? You knew your fighter was going to get up and, and continue, but there had to be a little bit of a cause for concern at that point.
2: Well, of course there was, particularly after the third round where Fury knocked Wilder down. And I said to myself, well, this fight's over. Uh, And then he gets knocked down twice. But notice something with Fury. When he gets knocked down, I've never seen this in boxing before. He gets up and he seems like he is not, he hasn't uh, suffered any after effects. Uh Usually when a fighter gets knocked down uh, and uh, he... uh, Gets back up, he's wobbly because he's either been concussed uh, or something like being concussed. Uh, But Fury is just something else. He gets up and he's not wobbly, unlike any other fighter
1: that I've seen. Bob Arum joins us. Bob, take us behind the promotion. How much bad blood was there? How much do these two fighters dislike each other, considering all the other legendary fighters that you've represented and promoted who didn't like their opponent? Tell me about this relationship heading into the ring.
2: I've never seen anything like it, particularly on Wilder's part. I mean, even after this great fight that they had when uh, uh, Tyson went over to Wilder's corner, to say what a great fight that he had put up, mm-hmm. Wilder said, "I'm not. I won't talk to you. I don't respect you." And when I went over to Wilder, he wouldn't talk to me. I've never seen anything like that. You know, as far as Fury is concerned, yeah, Fury answered and so forth. But there was no and he, You know, he, as a fighter, he gets himself worked up against the guy he's fighting, but no real animosity to Wilder. But on Wilder's part, I mean, it was over the top.
1: Bob Aram's our guest. You know, Bob, the ebb and flow of the fight and what happened early on, the size of these big punches, I thought it was important. The way I saw it in the first two rounds, Wilder, I had him up to nothing, and he threw some body punches, a couple of jabs. He could not come into this fight after the delay and just have one punch. It would have been embarrassing to him if he lost easily, and he didn't evolve with his tactics. Did you see him evolve a little bit better there? You knew he had the power punches, but did you see an improvement in his boxing style?
2: No, no. he, he, he brought the fight to Fury, which he had to do in order to stop, not get decimated. Because mm. obviously, when you watch Wilder fight with other big punches like Ortiz and so forth, he boxes them sort of defensively for five and six rounds before spotting his opening and knocking him out with the big punch. He knew from the second fight that that wouldn't work with Fury. So they had a very intelligent games, game plan. Try to bring the fight to Fury, boxing and and, and attacking. And that sort of worked for the first round, not so much for the second round. And when the third round he got knocked out, I said knocked down. I said, well, I think you know that's it. But he stayed in there and he knocked Fury down twice, as we know, in the fourth round. Uh, but by that point, he had worn himself out. Yes, he he's not used to carrying the fight to his opponent that's not his style. You look at all his other fights. So after the 4th round when he couldn't knock Fury out, although knocking him down twice, he seemed to fade a little bit and Fury got on top of him and really roughed him up and, you know, beat him up for the rest of the fight.
1: Legendary promoter Bob Arum is our guest, Bob, all the great fights of your career. I watched the Muhammad Ali documentary by Ken Burns. You were featured prominently in it. When people want to compare the Thriller in Manila, a trilogy fight, to what we just saw with Wilder and Fury, I believe you can, but I believe that most boxing fans will say, A, it wasn't as good as that fight because the fighters, Ali and Frazier, were bigger globally, bigger brands. Is it a fair comparison, at least to put the fight that we just had Saturday night in that conversation?
2: Well, the difference between the Thriller in Manila, which was one of the greatest fights I've ever seen, and uh, particularly, you know, it was the early morning hours mm-hmm. in Manila at the Arenado Coliseum, which hadn't been refurbished. It was a dark building. And uh, the whole thing was surreal. Uh, it, it was an ebb and flow in that fight. But the difference is in that fight Neither fighter was able to knock the other down. Mm-hmm. You know, in neither fighter, no matter, they connected with a tremendous number of punches. It was a hellacious fight. But neither fighter knocked the other one down. This fight was different. These fight, this fight, uh, there were, what, five knockdowns, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, three, five knockdowns. Uh, that made it a lot more dramatic, I think, Mm -hmm. than The Thriller in Manila. But you're quite right. The Thriller in Manila has these two legendary opponents who go down in history as being rivals of each other, uh, Muhammad and and Joe Frazier. So, you know, uh, they're both great fights. They were both great great trilogies. Uh, I think conventionally, I would say that the fight Saturday night uh, was the more dramatic because of the knockdowns.
1: It was very dramatic. Bob, as we wrap this up, I'll tell you, when I walked out of T-Mobile Arena, I said to myself, I don't need to see this fight again, but I've been around boxing my career as a fan and in the media over 25 years, and I know where to follow the money. If you can get fighters who pull that off to fight again, the fans want to see it. But I don't want to see it again because of Wilder. I think he took too much damage from your fighter fury. I think the damage to Wilder long term from this fight could remind me of some of the all-time great boxers. And he's not one of them. He's not at the level of Ali and Frazier and the all-time greats. But I respect his achievements coming into this fight and being a part of this trilogy. But I don't think, Bob, he can take that punishment again and that beating long term. How do you see it?
2: Well, you know, I'm not a doctor and a physician, mm-hmm. and, but I would tend to agree with you. Uh, and I think his people, who I, I know are caring people, uh, should have him completely checked out either at the Cleveland Clinic or the Mayo Clinic uh, before they allow him to go into the ring with anybody.
1: Last one, what's next for Fury? Because I'd love to see you keep him active and keep him going. Joshua fighting overseas. He'll fight anywhere around the world. You have a significant, legendary heavyweight. I think his legacy is still being played out. I'm very impressed, Bob. Every time I see him in a promotion, ring walk, the way he has fun after the fight, the way he respects his opponent, and the way he finishes opponents, we want to see him a few more times. What's your plans for him?
2: And the greatest speaker uh, in boxing since Muhammad Ali. I mean, look how similar they are. Uh, uh, There's nobody, nobody in boxing, not a fighter around that can touch Tyson Fury as a debater. He's too quick (laughs) and and he's too smart for anybody. Uh, And... uh, Uh, You know, that ability to speak and to speak extemporaneously and so cleverly is a God-given talent that the Gypsy King has, which makes him an attraction uh, whenever he goes in the ring. And the thing I love about it is he truly considers himself now as a part of Las Vegas. He's bought a house. He has a, owns a, a beautiful home in Henderson, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, he really loves uh, our city of Las Vegas. And he told me that's where he wants to fight <laughs> uh, the rest of his fights. Well, we'll see, uh, but uh, he'll be back time and again uh, to Las Vegas because the people uh in our town really appreciate it
1: thank you bob another great moment in your career as a promoter uh you brought a lot of good times to the masses it was a blast it was one of the greatest fights i've ever been a part of thanks again we'll talk to you soon
2: good thank you for having me
1: you got it bob Aram, the legendary promoter it was that good he promoted the thriller in manila and he says it was more exciting not a better fight bigger because of the drama of Ali Frazier, but he thought the excitement in that fight, because Ali and Frazier, they just almost both killed each other. The 14th round where the fight was stopped, Ali thought he was going to die. Frazier's trainer, Eddie Fudge, stopped the fight because he thought he could have died. Again, that's the thriller in Manila. I cannot believe I can honestly tell you that I walked out of that fight. That was the thriller in Manila of my lifetime, and I didn't expect it at all going in. I didn't go into that tweeting, oh, this is going to be the greatest night of my life. I can't believe this fight. It's going to be epic and all that. No idea until that fight started to develop early, that third and fourth round, and then the energy picking up and fans standing throughout the fight. It was truly amazing. Thanks to Bob Arum. Happy we could get him on today. Big-time legendary Hall of Famer right here on the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by our great friends, not good friends, our great friends at Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. My son came in for the Raiders game from ASU, he's a freshman, flew in and out. We had Grimaldi's at the house all weekend. It was great. He can pound an own, his own pie by himself. We love going to Grimaldi's. I met some friends from Grimaldi's at the game who came up to me at the torch. I told them, pointed right at him, best pizza I've ever had, Grimaldi's. When we come back, we'll wrap it up with a few more phone calls. We'll get it out of our system. The Raiders lost to the Bears. And then we'll move on this week to Denver on what should be an important week, breaking down this game. I have no idea what to expect from Denver. Teddy Bridgewater, he's another quarterback that shouldn't go run away and hide with a big lead on the Raiders. Raiders got to control him and make the score manageable and get a tough win on the road.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, I can't speak for them. I know they're a good football team, got a lot of respect for them. We've had some real tight football games against them over the years, at least since I've been back here, and it's a tough place to play. Um, we both got to get on track, and I think that's obvious.
1: John Gruden from his press conference, JT, back with you. Astros and the White Sox postpone. They'll move that to tomorrow. Dusty Baker pushing back on the White Sox reliever who says – the Astros are still sign-stealing. That's a developing story. Giants and Dodgers tonight, 6.37 Pacific time. That's not 9.40 p.m. Eastern. You're putting on the Giants and the Dodgers. How does baseball screw that up? They're putting that game on almost at 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast. One of the greatest rivalries of all time. Baseball fails miserably with that. You put that game on TBS to start with, and people don't know where to go find it, and you put it on at 9.37 p.m. Pacific. Ray's Red Sox elimination game. Wow. Bobby's Red Sox one game away from going to the AL Championship Series, and the Braves just beat the Brewers 3-0 at home. And that's an interesting series now. Atlanta leads that series two games to one. We'll wrap it up with your phone calls on the Raiders' loss. Reggie in North Las Vegas. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Thanks for taking the call, JT.
3: This is your boy Raider Reggie, man. I really appreciate that you always bring it on either topic, like this boxing thing. I wanted to ask you this real quick. Did it seem at the fight that uh, there was a long 10 count for Fury from your perspective? Yes. Because on TV, it, it, it looked weird. I was like, whoa. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is a big fight to be doing something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: well, when, when the referee started verbally, the 10-count, Fury knew where he was at, and Fury was, was healthy enough, clearly, to get up and, and beat the count. So I think he did, but it was a little bit too close for comfort. If they yeah. waved that fight off, if they waved that fight off, yeah. Bob Aaron would have yeah. came through the ropes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Th- that was a big moment. <laughs>
3: So let me say that, too. Bob Arum, man, for that guy to be affiliated with both of those fights, man, that's a serious legacy right there. But anyway, on to the Raiders. So the thing about the Raiders to me, man, it's like, honestly, at the beginning of, before the season started, looking at the first five games, I thought we might, well, actually the first four is what I was looking at. I thought we might be two and two. And it was because I know the Chargers are getting better. They got a nice young quarterback there. And you know we're going to have a hard time with the Ravens. Can't anybody yep. say that we were going to just go in and take that game. So, two and two right there. And then on these next few games, I was thinking, okay, okay maybe we would have a little bit of trouble with the Chargers. But after that, we shouldn't have problems with the Bears. I think we should be better than the Broncos. Mm-hmm. We should be able to handle the Giants. The Eagles were the ones that had me like, I don't know, that might okay. be a sleeper right there with a young quarterback on Reggie, there.
1: I'm running, Reggie, I'm running out of time. Call me back later in the week. We'll preview the game coming up with the Broncos. I've got to run. I've got too many people. i got to fly through here. This, there's a portion in this schedule, Cincinnati, the Giants, the Bears, Philadelphia, one of the Denver games at a minimum, that the Raiders should win. And they already had three wins. So that gets you to eight. They just blew one that should have been in the bank. I talk about putting wins in the bank. The Raiders blew an opportunity to have a win. I don't know how many games the Raiders are going to win this year. But if you wanted ten, I'm pretty sure everybody who said ten wins, one of them was the Chicago Bears, and they didn't have really anything. They didn't have anything in this game against the Bears, a team they should have beat. Jason in Lancaster, California, go ahead.
3: Kelvin, I'm at Hey, uh, JT, how you doing?
1: Good, Kelvin. I apologize. go ahead. One quick ahead.
3: question: uh, Nick, Nick Martin and Morrissey. I think hmm. we ought to uh, give them a shot. We uh, you know we're paying Nick Martin a lot, a lot of money for center, He's a veteran center, and I think you know, we need to get him in there and get Andre James out of there uh, and, and give Morrissey a shot.
1: I don't know if Morrissey's ready. I don't think he is. I think his size, undersized, where he is at his career at, at an NFL level, that was a pick at the end of the draft, a developmental pick. I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, I agree with Jon Martin and any veteran, any veteran on the depth chart on that offensive line, I appreciate the call, that has a good week of practice over another so-called starter. I have no problem with Tom Cable switching it up and giving someone else a chance after what we've seen. Appreciate everybody listening today. You know, one of the things about local radio, the shows are a lot easier when you lose. And I don't like easy radio, and I hate losing. I'd rather do these shows after a victory, everybody having a good time. But a lot of Raider fans brought it today. We appreciate it. Hey, I'll be at the Doghouse. Doghouse inside Resorts World. Please come check out Resorts World. You'll thank me for it. It will blow you away. Monday Night Football, I'm in the building at Resorts World Doghouse. A little bit after four to six o'clock. We got great prizes and raffle prizes coming up.
0: Have a good night, everybody. All right, take care.